Hi everybody, I'm your host, Sasha Gray. And I'm another host of this podcast. My name's David Guy Levy. Yeah! And I'm very excited for our guest today. Let me introduce to you guys, all you listeners out there, Tara Naomi. Hi! Tara Naomi! <laughs> and there David goes with his Naomi. <laughs> Welcome! Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming in. Welcome to the show. Hey, William, let's send in the uh, the therapists. Welcome back to the program, Joe and Cleopatra. Sandra, you're a regular. I'm so excited. I'm like, I'm kind of like nervous with excitement over here, you guys. Oh, good. <laughs> Nerves yeah. are good. It might be the coffee. I drank a lot of coffee, like way more coffee than I usually don't drink coffee before a massage, but I wanted to not be slow. <laughs> All right. Well, we have Speedy Gonzalez on the program. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like the most hyped up massage I've ever had right now. <laughs> so, Tara, uh, the sort of the the standard things to ask you to introduce yourself and, and tell, tell our listeners how uh, they might know you and how you see yourself in the world. Wow. It's kind of heavy. Um, I'm Tara Naomi. Um, you probably don't know me. I mean, maybe, you know, the listeners that know me are the ones that I like personally invited to listen, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, if you clicked on a link on one of my tweets or Facebook or something or Instagram, if I managed to figure out how to make clickable links on Instagram, <laughs> then I'm a genius. But if you, if you did that and you're here, then you probably know me as maybe a singer and a songwriter, I suppose. But, um, but yeah, I do that. I sing and I write songs and and I write book. I, I write books. Listen to me. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm writing a book right now. <laughs> My first book. <laughs> like, I'm an author. Uh, I travel the world writing books. But, yeah, I kind of do now. And, and um, uh, so hopefully you'll know me as that that pretty soon. We'll see. You know, well, if all goes according to plan. Are you, can you talk about the book or is that you're going to wait? Um. Wow, you know, this is like probably one of those things I should have cleared before I got onto the massage table. I should have like sent off an email to my manager and been like, hey, can I talk about the book? I can definitely talk about the book. I don't know if I can tell the title of the book, though. That's fine. Isn't that yeah. a weird thing? Yeah, it's whatever you feel ask. comfortable creatively discussing. Well, it's a it's a collection of um, creative nonfiction stories. So oh, cool. they're basically moments from my life. They're not they're not um, music based i mean they're they're not some of them are just because i'm a musician but they're sort of a collection of stories from the last five years um after kind of massive upheaval of everything that i had known to be true in my life and um things things just like completely got fucked up and so this was my way of coming to terms with everything that had happened and it's it's actually really funny and dark and edgy and you know, people seem to like it. My mom and dad read it, yeah. <laughs> which was interesting. What did they and say? They said it was great. My mom and dad loved it, and they said they think it's a number one bestseller. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they're right. I oh, can't they're wait always to read right. <laughs> they also said that about my music. <laughs> no, they liked it. They were kind of horrified because I I don't hold anything back, and I mean. You know, they were kind of like, that happened? They were a little upset at times, I think. And they're they're in there, you know, they feature in a lot of the stories. That's um, cool. But, yeah, yeah, they liked it. They actually said they, they couldn't put it down. So I'm going to quote them on the back of the book cover. Well, it's, I've, you have been, uh, came into 
uh, my life and Sasha's life from different angles. We both are aware of you from different for different reasons. Yeah. Um, I first heard you singing at a hotel cafe in Hollywood about ten years ago now. Wow. Uh, when I think you were first getting here. Yeah. And because uh, I knew your brother, and and I haven't seen him in years, but I should definitely reconnect. Uh, For sure. And was very uh, into what you were doing. I thought you. I think you're very talented. Thank and then you. Sasha. Uh, you can you can explain how you know her, but uh, she recently I, I saw you live perform live again because Sasha said to come out and listen to uh, Tara Naomi at the Hotel Cafe, and I was like, oh, I've done this before, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and you're still great, and in fact, you've oh, if anything improved with age. Well, thanks. I should hope so. Sasha, how did you get into it? I met Tara uh, probably. In 2000, like around 2008 or something like that? Yeah, probably 2000, maybe 2009. 2008, 2009. 2009. Yeah. I was doing um, a, a comedy skit for James Gunn uh, called PG Porn. And. This is James Gunn, who's the big director now. Yes. The, the director. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. Very cool. So uh, I met Tara through James, and, well, then she became friends with the girl I was friends with for a while as well. Um, and I was actually not old enough to go. Like, the first two shows I got invited to see, I couldn't even get in. I Because I wasn't that. 21. I was I like, remember. oh, man, this sucks. I remember that. Um, oh, my God. And actually, Tara and I reconnected recently a couple years ago because I was invited to, uh, like, an industry party Um which happened to be at her brother's house. Yeah. And she was there. I didn't know they were brother and sister until I got there. So we recently reconnected, and I enjoy your music. Thanks. And I love seeing you live. And I have to say, if anybody ever has a chance to see you live, they should not miss out. Oh, thank you. You really shouldn't. It, you really know how to hold a room. Yeah. Thanks. And to really make everyone go home feeling like they had a good experience. Wow, thank I you. I go to live music often, and a lot of the times it's just, you know, it's good. It's good atmosphere, but with you, it's more than that. It's an experience. Wow. Well, I think the thing is, I have a really, I, I, I tend to dislike a lot of the shows I go to in L.A., um, live shows, because I feel like the audience is so disrespectful yeah. towards whoever's on stage. And it could be a big room or a small room. Or me, it doesn't matter what size room it is, but I just feel like people are always, they're, more so trying to socialize rather than enjoy mm -hmm. the performance. And so I've seen you put up with some, not I would call them like music, the equivalent of hecklers, but for musicians, <laughs> you know? It's not that they're yelling insults at you or anything or telling you you suck, <laughs> but they're so loud and, in, and so obnoxious and involved in, in their own little conversation that it distracts from, you know, from you. And I've seen you put up with a lot of that and it's, quite damn impressive i don't know if i could <laughs> do that <laughs> it's yeah it's interesting i mean i feel like like a lot of the time i'm able to kind of wrangle them and make them stop doing whatever it is but they're they are used to i think in la people really are used to going and talking through shows and it's almost like 
they sometimes you get the sense that they feel put out that they have to talk louder. Right. You know, they're like, oh, I can't hear my conversation. Right. <laughs> and it's like, well, you do know that you came to a music venue, right? Like, you did pay $10 <laughs> to come in, like, presumably to come see me, right? Like, why well, why don't you just save your 10 bucks and go to a bar? Yeah. Like, do, go anywhere else. Like, stand out in the alley or something. Like, why do you want to pay money to go see a show and then talk through it? And it's so weird to me, that whole thing. But, um, but yeah, I'm pretty much used to it, I guess. It's like I don't even notice it sometimes. And then sometimes... I'll see the know. audience stand up for you, too. Like, be like, oh, yeah, yeah. she's playing, shut up. Yeah, usually yeah. there's enough people in there that are like, you know, because I have people that drive from pretty far away places to come to shows. And that's the thing that bums me out, really. I don't care for myself. I don't care. I'm like, I've been through everything. I don't... That, that's like the least of my problems, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> but like... But for somebody who came and they're like somebody who really, you know, maybe they're a legitimate fan of whatever it is that I do. And it's like they came and they spent money on gas and they spent, you know, their whole evening and, after, you know, sometimes afternoon driving to come see the show. And those are the people that I get really, you know, upset about because it's like that person came and, and paid money and they probably don't have a ton of money anyway. And, yeah. you know, they're living somewhere and they're, just, they're like, I'm coming to the show. and. So those so oftentimes someone someone in the crowd will be like shut the fuck up and so that makes me happy. Do you feel that it, when you're in other cities or do you feel it more so in LA? Well, mm, that's a good question. I think it's a little bit more in LA actually because yeah. like I haven't toured the US in a while. I was touring Europe quite a bit and everybody in Europe is is there the audiences there are amazing. Yeah. They're really respect, huh. you know, they're super respectful and like they're excited and I mean Sometimes they're a little rowdy, but you know they're like they're like they're just just because they're so excited, you know. Yeah. And um and and I've gotten like sexually harassed a couple times in the German shows. Whoa! No way. <laughs> yeah, but I you know I had this tour manager with me who was really um incredible and she handled it. But some of the I remember one of the last shows I played in Germany, the the fan, people were so intense and they were awesome and I love I love that energy, but like they got a little out of control. But um. It was, like, a little distracting. But luckily, I had this tour manager who was, like, she would have, like, done anything. You know, she's a total kick-ass person. Did she kick their ass? Um, I don't know. There was one time. <laughs> it's, like, that I cannot tell you. There was this one night I will never forget. Um, we were in a, a little place called Stuttgart. And it was sort of like a last-minute addition to our tour. We had the whole thing booked, um, but there was a night off. And I'm just like – I'm kind of like a workhorse. I'm like, if there's an opportunity to work, then I, I take it because I love it. I love playing and I love, you know, I love what I do. And so I'm always like, oh, we have a night off? Shoot. You know, I wish I were working. And so she got an offer for this – for a show in this little small – you know, smaller German town um, in between two bigger shows. And I'm like, yeah, let's take it. And so we got there and everything was wrong. It was like the everything they said. In, in fact, the sound guy did a sound check and then left. And Weird. so, yeah, it was sort of like, wait, you can't like leave. You can't like do a sound check and leave. And um, and so she was so upset. And like they hadn't, they, they said that they had a huge built-in audience, which is why she was like, yeah, we'll do it. And we got there, there were like six people there because we hadn't promoted it because uh. it was a, a last-minute edition, you know? Yeah. So we, we got there and played, and I, you know, I made the best of it. And in fact, I unplugged, and I just did it acoustic, because I'm like, okay, everybody come up to the front of the stage. I'm not playing through the sound system anymore, because it's just that bad. Wow. And so I did a little acoustic show, and everybody had fun that was there, but I was really bummed out about it. And 
they had guaranteed her a certain amount of money. Um, and so she, they'd also guaranteed in my rider, I request hotels and the hotel cannot have an S in it because oftentimes like in Europe, they'll try to put you in a hostel oh. as opposed to a hotel. And so like, I'm like, if there is an S in the word hotel, I'm not going. And, uh, <laughs> and so they'll try to like slip it by you and you'll just show up and it'll be two in the morning and you're like, oh no, it's a hostel. What are you going to do? You know? And so she's really good at that. And she, we've never stayed in one. And, um, we pulled up. She dropped me off. She was like, we we drove after the show. She dropped me off at the went to drop me off at the hotel, and we and I'm like, oh no, Julia, there's an S in it, and she's like, oh no. So she checked me into a much nicer hotel than we ever would have requested, um, and went back to the club. And she's like, you wait here. She's Italian, and she's like very, she's you know, kind of this tough little Italian woman, and she's like, you wait here. And so I'm like sitting on the bed waiting. And about an hour she comes, uh, an hour later she comes back and she's got like an, she's got like arm full of cash. She's just got like, <laughs> like cash, just like, she's like hugging a big armful of cash and she just drops it on the bed. And I'm like, what did you do? <laughs> I'm like, what is that? And she's like, you got paid. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, but that looks like much more than my normal guarantee. She's like, it is. And I'm like, um, what did you do? And she's just like, don't worry about it. <laughs> and I was like, uh, is everything okay? She's like, yes. And she kind of laughed. And I don't really know what happened, honestly. And I, I think like the next day I said, what? I said, how did you get all that money? She said, I went back to the bar and I told them what I wanted. And I was like, that's all you did? She was like, Basically. I mean, with a gun, but... I know. Basically. She's, yeah, she's like, basically, yes. And I'm like, oh, okay. She's like, don't worry about it. And I'm like, okay. I don't know why, you guys, by the way, I usually can do a pretty good Italian accent, but for some reason, I sound like Arnold Russian. Schwarzenegger. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, some reason, I can only do the Terminator today. Basically, yes. Yes, Sarah Connor. I'm like, I can't, I can't find my Italian, my English, my Italian-speaking English accent. I can only find Arnold Schwarzenegger in the Terminator. So I apologize for that. But, But yeah, I can't remember how I got into that story, but... Oh, about audiences and stuff, yeah. Sasha, when you travel, are there any similar uh, stories of that nature for you, your music travels? You know, the minute you said you walked in the room and there were six people there, <laughs> oh, and God. it was like a last-minute a last minute show, oh. I, I immediately think that the promoter or, who, or whoever organized this show is just a mega fan. So in my mind, I'm thinking, mm-hmm. like, this person just m- must have been a huge fan of yours, mm. and they didn't care what it took. They were just going to get you there. Mm-hmm. And so I've definitely played a few shows where I felt like somehow this person convinced somebody, yeah, whether it's a sponsor or a friend or something, to put up the money to get me to fly here, mm. pay me, put me in a, you know, what you know, provide you your rider, put you in a hotel, yeah, and travel halfway around the world or halfway <laughs> across the country or into Canada. And I've I've definitely been in rooms where it's like fifteen people, yeah. And I say, what the hell? There's no way they can afford this. There's it, it's there's absolutely no way. Or like a, a very similar situation where something like that will happen, and then you realize, though, somebody just you know, they're, they're totally doing this for themselves. Totally. And they get like 10 of their friends and they ask for pictures all night, which 
it's like fine too but it's it's really um it's a strange thing when you arrive and like there's hardly anybody to play for well especially because you're doing dj sets right yeah so, so you, it's, <laughs> you like really need worse. that you need the room you need that energy of the crowd <laughs> i feel like it's even worse like i can sit around and you know play play acoustic songs all night for like even one person but but man if you're like spinning and like what yeah <laughs> there's like you, you must i mean i can't imagine i imagine that that you feed off the energy even more than somebody like me yeah it's yeah. very strange yeah it's awkward, like one dude dancing his ass off or something. Yeah, <laughs> he's like raging over there. <laughs> and it has happened. It's totally happened. <laughs> uh, so funny. So weird. Oh my god. Yeah, there's a there's a movie that's not actually a very good movie, <laughs> but it's called Janky Promoters, and it's like a it's a cheap comedy starring. I think it. No, I forget who's in it, but it's it's this story about janky promoters. <laughs> That's kind of great. And I feel like anybody who's ever toured for anything mm-hmm. should watch this movie because it's it's you'll get a laugh and you can relate to so many things that happen in it. Uh, is it on Netflix? When I watched it, it was. I watched it a couple years ago, so I think I'm gonna try. By the way, this massage is amazing. I just want to like put that out there. Yeah, I'm I'm loving this. This is the best interview situation ever. <laughs> and everybody else who wants to like get a bunch of people together to talk about anything needs to step up their game. <laughs> like anything, really. I mean, if you want me to come over to your house now at this point, I'm going to be like, well, I don't know. Like, Tara, do you want to come for dinner? I'll be like, I don't know. Is there a massage therapist there? Because, <laughs> you know, the other day I went and hung out with Sasha and David and it was like... I'm just saying. Yeah, we know how to roll. So one of the things that we get the pleasure of today, too, Tara, is uh, you're one of our first guests who's uh, a musician. So uh, we have the benefit of you being able to have brought some of your music today. I did. Um, Is there anything in particular you might want to play? Yeah, well, I brought stuff. I didn't bring anything that's like produced because I figure we're we're all like, oh, sorry, I'm having my neck, my back massaged, and so my voice might get really funny as the pressure like pushes my back into the table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just warning, you guys. Um, and uh, and so I figured since we're like naked and getting massaged, that I would bring raw naked music. Yeah. And so like acoustic demos I brought. Because I thought that would be kind of cool. And I brought um, I brought a song that I just wrote, and it hasn't been released at all. I played it at like, one of my last shows, but it was a weird night that night. I think there were maybe – there were very few people there, so very few people heard it. And, um, yeah, and it's a new song, and I thought – it's just a demo, but I thought we could play it because, you know. Yeah, get some feedback. Yeah, sure. People should tweet at Tara after this okay. and uh, tell her what they think. Yeah. But uh, what, what are we going to listen to? Um, let's listen to that song called Bleed For You. All right. Cool. I'm excited. Yeah, this is interesting. I'll bleed for you, Tara. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'm not your game. Maybe this love that twists me up inside will never feel the same. But I keep waiting for you until I'm aching for you. And I will take Yeah, then I want you now, I want forever and 
David always knows how to ruin a great moment. <laughs> you said it's gross? See, no, seriously, like, I don't know what's more relaxing, the silky like... smooth voice or the massage. <laughs> no, I think the combination was absolutely perfect. For me, Why it was it like over? the most narcissistic again, William, moment I've ever nice? had. I'm like, I imagine like Lady Gaga doing that, like laying down and like listening to herself sing while she has a massage. I'm like, I feel like the most, like, or Madonna or something, like, like, Oh, can you play it again, please? Like, just like I know. You know, I was like, that was like, wow, that was intense, you guys. That's just a demo. <laughs> That's just like your first uh, t- uh, attempt at it. Yeah, that was take. I think that was take three of three. Wow. Wow. And w- I, I had just written it, and um, and I was doing. I was working. One of the things I'm working on is this musical. Um. That's one of the projects I'm not allowed to talk about. I know for sure, but um, but I was working. I'm was I'm writing, helping to write this musical, and we were in the studio in Venice, and the guys were super cool. They were I didn't know them. They were just guys that we were, that that owned the studio that we were writing in, and um, and they were friends of the the creator of the musical, and they were like, anytime you want to come by and just record, you're welcome to. And I was like, what? Oh, nice. I was like, wait, huh? And they're like, yeah, anytime you want to just come by and record, we'll just, you know, fit you in and you can just come by. And I'm like, are you serious right now? Because I have a new song that I'd love to come by. And so, and it was like, just, they're the most amazing people. They're so, such nice guys. And so I went in and um, recorded just, we did three, we did three takes and I'm like, yeah, that's, this is the one that's good. And um, I was happy with it. I felt like it got the point across and that's really, you know. 
Do you produce all your own music, or do you have no. a, a team, or how does it work for you? Um, at the moment, I don't really, I don't have any plans or any team or anything. Like, so it's you, you're indie completely. Yeah, yeah, at the moment, yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to release another album independently, to be honest, because I feel like, well... I feel like when I when I signed my deal with Island Records, I was independent, and then in 2007, I signed a deal with Island Records and Universal Publishing, and I moved to London, and I released an album I didn't like, and it's sort of like a long, boring story. But um, but uh, when I did that, I'd built up a really big following independently, and I kind of handed everything over to the label, and it all kind of went to hell, you know, and they just sort of, uh. you know, like they, they took my mailing list, and they never didn't, they didn't give it back to me, and and they kind of were like, everything you're doing, because this was, this was 2007 and 2008, and so like Twitter wasn't around yet, people weren't that, that interactive yet with their fans, you know, and so they were kind of like, you need to back off, and you need to like, um, not be so accessible, and so I did, I, I listened to what they said, and then I kind of lost touch with a lot of the people that were buying my music and supporting my music and um and so yeah it sounds like some bad advice it was some really bad advice but you know live and learn of course and so so now it's like i i don't feel like i have really the, the kind of fan base where i can release an album independently and really be satisfied with the results you know so but at I don't least know. you don't have someone who thinks they know better to yeah. try to tell you what to do that used to be the case and now i just yeah now, now, so I'm kind of like just figuring, waiting. I'm not, I'm not in a real rush to release another acoustic album, another album of my own stuff. I'm like writing for, writing some pop songs for other people, which is fun. And I have a secret pop project that, <laughs> yeah, that I'm yeah. really excited about. Um, but it's not even gonna have my name on it. It's gonna come out of nowhere, and uh, and the songs are insane. And so um, that I'm really excited about because it's the kind of thing. I love acoustic music, and I always want to do it, and I always will. But I, I, I feel like it's not necessarily. I don't know how to monetize it, aside from like licensing stuff, which I'm doing. But it's like the kind of the kind of effort it takes to go in and record an album and promote it and market it, and it's just it's hard to be like get excited about doing that for, with an acoustic album right now. Yeah. So whereas like the pop stuff, when I when. I've played it for a couple of people. Um, they're like, oh, my God, what is this? And it's really, it's not like pop pop. It's like very dark and different from what's out there. But it's it's pretty sick. The more and more I, I have a lot of friends who are musicians, and the more they tell me about the ever-changing landscape of the business, a lot of them, you know, talk about how the music itself isn't actually a valuable product. It's, it's the hype around the music and how yeah. you find other ways to make your money once the music has gotten the attention of the people yeah so do you ever consider just giving your music away and finding uh, the ways to to promote or you know market yourself around the music as uh, the better road or to be honest it's like i've been doing this like as tara naomi the sort of acoustic pop folk alt country whatever the hell it is you want to call me i've been doing it for so many years now that i'm not as excited about it as, as i need to be mm -hmm. in order as i would need to be in order to you know launch a big thing around it yeah and i hate to say that but it's just true because um i mean i've i've had such such incredible highs and lows with my music and um and I feel like the main, the most important thing when you're releasing any any creative project is just be so excited about it that you can't, 
that it's like infectious. You know, yeah. your excitement is like you're so hyped up about it that that you just can't contain yourself, and that that you know that's the energy that you're that you're putting out into the world when you when you talk about it and when you do it and when you have a show and when you you know that's a, that's what it takes. It's so it's so you know it's completely required. That's the kind of energy that's required for anything to really succeed. And um, and I don't have that right now around my acoustic project, but I do have it around my secret pop project and around my book and around um, the musical and around like some other creative projects that I'm working on. And so um, so I feel like if I just... Yeah, you're not going to limit yourself to just one yeah. thing. You can spread out and be creative in all these different areas. Yeah, because I, I just don't want to market myself anymore, to be honest. Like I don't want to be like... I'm Tara Naomi, and I'm and you should listen to me because of this. You know, it's like I've been doing it for so long. I, I'm excited about my. I'm excited. Like I can do that about the book, and I can do that about the other stuff. And well, and that's know... healthy because that's not being a musician. Being a musician is going out and writing a musical and doing exactly a, one genre yeah. of work over here and going back over there and doing another secret pop project and yeah and you know. And being a musician and just applying yourself and making the work and being a craftsman. Yeah, that's just, what it not is. Not a marketer. You that's know? what it is. That's that's the thing that excites me, and I and I feel like like I'm not excited to just self promote, right now. Good. That's a healthy place to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh Change. my god, there is a knot going on in my left shoulder blade, by the way, which is like, holy crap, <laughs> it's so painful, but it's like good pain. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. What's going on in there? Why does it hurt so much? I have no clue. Ow, do you feel how bad oh, that is? I feel it. Oh my god. I feel like there's an alien in there. <laughs> <laughs> and it's hiding out. Now it's just like I've been found. And I'm going to fight. <laughs> it hurts. I think I'm delirious. Can uh, I know you brought some tracks. Can we play a few more? Or do you want to leave it at one? No, you can play some more. What uh? What else should we listen to? Um, let's see. I brought. Do you want to hear like a? Do you want to hear like a a piano ballad? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I brought really mellow things because I thought you know Good. we're getting massaged and like, yeah. Let's listen to when you come around. It's kind of like a, like a mellow sad relationship song. Oh, well, it's great. like you know what it's about. It's about when, when you, when you think, when you when somebody, um. I'm not very articulate right now. I apologize. I swear I'm a good writer. It's a side um, effect of massage. Yeah, it's a good massage. Um, it's it's that it's that when someone takes you out of yourself, you know, like when you are feeling strong in who you are, and then there's that person that just comes comes by and like fucks you all up. That's what it's about.
Depressing as fuck. But, <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> it is. It is. It is depressing. It's like because it's 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 like the relationship thing is in there, but then there's also this like I'm fucking tired of life moment in the bridge when it's like yeah I've been around and I and I'm st- I got stuck on this ride and I've been here for so fucking long that I even know the faces of these goddamn horses that keep spinning around and around. To me, that's the saddest part of it. <laughs> But you, you and then have. She laughs. Uh, I, you know, I find it funny in a way. I don't know. It's just sad. It's like whatever. You have such a. Uh, well, I love your lyrics. I love your songwriting, and thank you. And I feel like you have such. The thing is, your music is really relatable. Thanks. It's not, um, you know, it's it's accessible. I think for many people, it's not something that's difficult to listen to. But you have something that a lot of contemporary music doesn't have and I feel like that's soul like when you you can feel it when you hear you sing when I when I hear you sing I I can feel that and I feel like that's lacking in so much modern music um even things that deal with the same subject matter like you just have a way of, of getting that across to where you really understand it rather than just like passively listen to it thank you 
I, I think it's it's gotten more so. I think I've become more that way in the last, you know, like several years because I think I just like I just had had a lot of I just had the shit kicked out of me. <laughs> like not <laughs> not literally, but I mean by so many different circumstances and and you know in that that things just sort of tear you open and you can either you know there were moments when I was kind of gonna when I was like okay I can't handle this anymore and I just wanted to retreat and then there's the, the moment where I was like well okay so this is this is this is a mess right now but are you gonna like crumble up and die or are you gonna just like go and see the absurdity of everything and laugh at it and deal with it and just like you know, be who you are and not try to hide that and just be open and express and like, okay, and just go on the ride, you know, and. That's the only way you can really do this stuff, especially, you know, when you start out, you know, in your 20s at something and you're super ambitious and then that ambition over the next 10 years takes up a bruising because everyone else is ambitious and. And you'd, you you know you wonder why you're doing things for what reasons and right totally. But you know once it once you realize you know you can just say to yourself, all right fuck it who gives a fuck how it goes mm-hmm. as long as I'm being me. Exactly. That that sort of takes the stress off. Totally. And so when you get kicked around, you're like, all right, that's where I got kicked around this week. But fuck it. Now what's next week gonna do? Yeah. Does Sorry, that make it's sense? Just, I'm not laughing at you. Yeah, you I'm are. I'm just laughing because your cheeks are smushed together. Oh. Probably like mine are right now. Mine so. too. Um, sorry, you guys. I'm so sorry. I've never done this in an episode, but I have. I have to pee. Oh my god! So bad. <laughs> it's the relaxing music and this awesome massage. <laughs> well, I'm glad that my music, my How music, do we do ca- that? causes people to pee. I'll be, I'll be very fast. I have my outfit here. That's quick. Wait. You can wrap. <laughs> oh yeah, I think I'll do that. You wrap the sheet around Sorry. you. That's more fun. <laughs> this is awesome. This is not getting edited out of the show. No, either. leave it in. These are the good moments. It's this like is what people want to know. You, yeah, totally. It's the best. This, this is, is only the, the second show. time in my life. This is coming out of your hour, just so you know, Sasha. <laughs> no! They're, they're like, no! they're gonna miss. Yeah, see, Joe's on me now. Wait, do we get a mic? Let's get a mic. Four hands. Let's get uh, this. That's not fair. We need to get a mic on her. Keep a mic on her the whole time. That's why she could just be mic'd the whole time so that we can just like be there with her, you know? So Tara, right now I have a double masseuse thing going on. What do you, oh my God, you have Quattromani? Yeah, I got Cleopatra (laughs) and Joe. And let me take this moment, just ask Cleopatra a question. What was it like dating Julius Caesar? Was he wow? <laughs> was he all right in the sack, or was he a little like you know, you're a woman, blah blah blah? <laughs> Do you I get the reference? Probably. <laughs> I mean, you aren't named Cleopatra. You probably, but with an H. Everyone should know that this is not the typical spelling of Whoa, Cleopatra. Whoa, that's pretty cool. At the end, the H. Where's the, the H though? Right? No, it's not at the end. It's after the T. <laughs> So it's, so it's Cleopatra. like Cleopatra. Cleopatra. Yeah. Whoa! You know what would be really weird is if it, if it were after the C. So it was like like chloroform. Cleopatra. Like, well, no, Cha- it'd be it'd be Cle- No, it'd be like chloroform, like C H L. It'd be like Cleopatra, but like C H L E O P, A T R A. Chloroform sounds pretty decent. I guess. Right. Is that my new name. <laughs> and Joe, I have a question for you. Yeah. What was it like to work in that button factory? Oh, buttons, buttons. Oh my God, Sasha, come back, Sasha! (laughs) 
Do you know Do you know that story? Sasha. Tara, are you familiar with the Joe working in the button factory? No. When, when I was a kid, there was a song like, hey, my name is Joe. I got a wife, three kids, and I work in a button factory. One day, my boss came up to me. He said, Joe, are you busy? I said, no. He said, then push this button with your right hand. Hey, my name is Joe. I got a wife, three kids, and I work in a button factory. One day, my boss came up to me. He said, Joe, are you busy? He said, I said, no. He said, then push this button with your left hand. And you basically start pushing buttons over and over again with all the different times you say it. There's a dance to it. So it's like a story of worker exploitation when he gets like unwilling, like sort of unknowingly Hey, my name is Joe. I've got arthritis and three kids. He's like, I got a wife and three kids, and this asshole just told me to push some buttons, and so I'm doesn't, doing it, because he's my no boss. And there's no good health care. Yeah. Yeah. God, that's kind of a sad story. It is. I feel like, wow. Joe, it must have been That story's sadder than any of my songs, <laughs> so David. Sad I stopped <laughs> All right. Like, that's like the saddest story ever. You know, you know life sucks when you turn a masseuse off. <laughs> a masseur. Sorry, Joe. Masseur. Thank you. Oh my god, my back. Ow. <laughs> I just had to say that. <laughs> so, Sasha, you don't get to have your feet rubbed now. You're, what did I miss? You skipped the whole foot section of the rub. What? No way. Let me know when you're ready. I'm ready, uh, I think. This is exciting. This is the most <sighs> This is the most exciting thing since Andy Dick was waving his dick around. Was he really? <laughs> oh my god. Wait, yeah. was Andy Dick he, waving he his dick? He went to take a pee break and he came back and he was just like, hey guys, what's this sound like? Pop, top, oh top, my god, top, stop top, 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 top. it right now. I think we all know. And uh, Marcia, who's uh, a usual um, a masseuse on the program, was didn't know what to do. She just ducked under the table. She ducked under the table? Did she really? I asked her about it. That's amazing. She said, she's like, I didn't know what to do. I just got under the table. That's, That's nice. kind of amazing that he... Yeah, oh well, it's Andy Dick. Did what? anybody just hear that? No. No. If you could have heard what I just heard happen in my back... It sounded like I had bubble wrap under my skin. Oh. And like, and it just popped. Ugh. It was like pop, pop, pop. And now, ow. You, I can't even, see, I have scoliosis. So that's where the scoliosis is, as you've probably figured out. I just felt like I would leave it for you as a surprise. Like, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to ruin the surprise by being like, you know, well, just by the way, I have a twisted spine. I figured I would just leave it, leave it and let you find out. But that's where the that's like you're 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 at like ground zero of the of the scoliosis right now. <laughs> it's the root of all twisting of my spine right there in there. Uh, how how old were you when you figured out you had scoliosis? Um, I can't remember. I remember being in elementary school and the nurse would always, you know, you'd have to like bend over in the gym yeah. in the locker room and they would like trace trace your spine and then they'd be like okay you're fine and they would always pull me aside for like rechecks and the pediatrician too like, I feel like they should have caught it but they would always kind of pull me aside and I think they did at one point say well she does have scoliosis but it's not it's not bad enough where we could justify like putting her in a back brace or like breaking her back and having that surgery you know oh, and yeah. um, so nobody I mean so basically instead of we just did nothing about it. And I feel like there actually were exercises and things that I probably should have been doing the whole time. Um, but because it wasn't severe enough to require, you know, a drastic uh, surgical um, procedure, we just did nothing. And so every year I would get pulled aside. And, and I always knew that it was a little bit weird. But um, it's just, you know, it's I, I, I kind of 
lived I've just I'm used to chronic back pain you know like uh. I like I, I I was a concert pianist when I was a kid and so I would have to practice for hours at a time and the thing that really was the worst for me about practicing I hated practicing and it wasn't the act of practicing itself it was that sitting on that piano bench and playing I would just get this burning in my right shoulder blade that was so uh. excruciating and I just but I still played piano you know I mean I guess I'm a bit of a masochist or something. <laughs> I still played, but I just remember being like, wow, there's this burning that starts to happen about an hour in, and it just does, and it just gets worse and worse. And um, so that's kind of a constant. Uh, because I was actually diagnosed, but I was, it wasn't until I was 18 or 19. Mm. And I was checked almost every year. Yeah. And I said, how the hell did they miss this? And the doctor said, well, it's, it's pretty mild, but you have it. Yeah. Um, What'd they do? What did you do about it? They haven't done anything. They yeah. didn't tell me, like, here's preventative things, stretches, exercises. Like, they just sort of left me to it, um, which kind of sucks. But, uh, yeah, I don't think there's much that you can really do. I mean, I find no, I mean, that, like, that's the thing is there yeah. really isn't. I mean, you can talk to a chiropractor and they can give you stretches. I got a guy I can recommend to you who but, gave me exercises because I also have like a little curve in my spine. We all have scoliosis? Yeah. Wow. But, you know, it's never been diagnosed except for masseuses going like, you know you've got scoliosis. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there's there's things you can do. There's certain specific exercises that will toughen up the muscles around in your back and your core uh, that you won't really notice the scoliosis uh, if you do them. No. I, I lift really heavy. I'm like really into um, into weightlifting, and I find that like when I do that, I don't I don't ever experience a lot of pain in day to day now. But I, I because I think with the muscles in my back are getting really strong. But I think I also they're also really um, knotted up because of all the lifting and stuff that I've been doing. Yeah. But, but I find that when I exercise regularly, like every day, um, then then it, it somehow it's a little better. And my back gets straighter. Like when I do a lot of push-ups and pull-ups and things like that, it some, somehow seems to help. Hmm. But rewind. Oh, first of all, that feels so good. Ow. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> I did not know this about you. You were a concert pianist when you were a child? Yeah. That no was sort way. of what I was training as. And then um, I really didn't want to. I wanted to sing. But my but there's a real sort of a stigma in the snobby classical music uh, circles about singers versus instrumentalists. Wow. So I played French horn and piano in the in the you know played French horn in the orchestra and the band and played piano in the for, on my own and then in like the jazz choir and then I was in all these choral groups and I was like a huge nerd and um, I just really wanted to sing and all my instrument like my French horn teachers well my French horn teacher not so much but my piano teacher was just like you cannot be a singer. And I was like, why? And she's like, because, you you know, you have a talent as a pianist and it's superior. And I'm like, well, but I want to sing. And so, you know, horror of horrors, I became a singer. <laughs> so, And I started studying opera. It's not like I was like, I want to be a singer and I'm going to go, like, do spoken word poetry in, like, the bar down the street. I was like, I want to be a singer, so... I guess I'll study opera, you know. You'd think opera is pretty, like, legit. But wow. within a conservatory setting, the singers, the opera singers, any singers, are considered, like, less than the instrumentalists. Interesting. I can yeah. see that. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, well, to be fair, there there are certain technical, I mean, correctly singing opera is very technical and requires a lot of, of mastery and study and, you know, training and all that. But, um... 
there is the there is the you know just the basic fact that you don't have to learn how to play something that's like not a part of your body you know right and also a lot of singers are lazy i mean to be honest it's really true it's like the the instrumentalist would be in there uh practicing for 8 hours a day and the singers would kind of be like la you know like not really <laughs> And they're like, well, but we have to study languages, and it's like, yeah, you have to study languages. I mean, I don't know. Look, listen to me. I'm like, I'm such a snob. <laughs> did, I was just gonna you... say, how snobby. <laughs> I'm pretty snobby, you guys. I I never realized how snobby I was, but I'm I'm definitely, I'm definitely snobbier than I than I ever thought I was. I realized yeah. that about myself over the last few years. So what was it like hanging out with all those Asian kids? But wait. Wait, wait, did you go to a per- <laughs> before David goes off on oh, something that makes no sense? <laughs> I just got, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yep. I bet carpool is the worst. Oh, my God. Uh, I don't know. My parents would never let me get in the car with them. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you hit a four-way stop sign and you're stuck for hours. Oh, my God. Oh, you're fucked. Oh, my God. It's um, okay. I have Asian friends. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Did you did so did you go to a performing arts school or is it something that you did after school? I in high school in in middle school and high school it was all after school and then I went to college for opera. Cool. And I went to summer camp for opera. Oh. <laughs> I sang well, opera in high school. I you did? Op- yeah, I was trained and everything. No, it's just like a stop tape. it. And my balls dropped a little more and I was like, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> a little more. So they had already They were like Slow partially drop. dropped. <laughs> a couple of years and then I was like, no, I can't do it. Really? Yeah, I was a late bloomer, so like the first what two the years hell? of high school, I was like singing like like alto, and then one day I was like, nope. Aww. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, Whoa. late bloomer, late bloomer. I was well, too. Well, that I knew, but. <laughs> I was a super <laughs> late bloomer. How'd you know I was a late bloomer? I've seen the videos, David. <laughs> I have a lot of videos of me as uh, a, a runt. You do? Yeah. <laughs> I found it. <laughs> <laughs> I, can post, I can post one on the internet for the listeners, but it's yeah, really embarrassing. It's really embarrassing. You've I'm, seen it literally. It you looks like a Tim right Heidecker or, Eric, or like a Tim and Eric video, but it's real. And it's <laughs> you like have it's to not post staged. That. It's not staged at all. Oh my god! You Me should like totally doing post a Sherlock it. Holmes book report on video, like with like talking to different versions of myself in I different love tweed, that. tweed suits. <laughs> You should post it. I should. I'm embarrassed for him when I watch them. <laughs> I want to see um, them. All right, everybody. I'll post one. Yeah, it's worth it. It's definitely worth it. Yeah, maybe you can make your own dedicated YouTube channel to all your embarrassing childhood um, videos. I'll just put them on the Facebook and Twitter. And, people. and you, sh- you should do the one that your friend sent you recently. With So David's friend sent him a video. It looked like it was out an out ugh, at an outdoor... <laughs> <laughs> I'm twitching over here. You guys. Is that a sustainable know, living? A sustainable living farm festival. Oh, whoa! Okay, yeah. I thought it was like a circus or a fair or something. Um, Your parents took you to that? No, a no, friend no. went to this with a booth, and he took a video of some kid that he told. He told him to say that his name was David Levy and, and go crazy. Oh, my God. Because when funny. I was a kid, I was like a little ball of flubber just bouncing off the walls. <laughs> and this kid sort of was like nailing it. It was him. It was hilarious. Wow. They had the same mannerisms, and I can imagine David's... And he was super, like, hyper on sugar and, like, just going crazy. And it was just a flashback to, like, when I was 12. Well, also now. Thank you. You get get hyper and crazy. Because of sugar? 
No, just why? I don't know why. Yeah, what's behind that? He gets that? these bursts of absurd. Does he like come back from the bathroom right before? Right, right before that. The first? <laughs> oh, oh! I wonder if the, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start like keeping a log. Of, like, like, he, where he, he steps was. out and yeah. he goes into Have the bathroom. Have you noticed that David Levy and cocaine are never in the same room at the same time? <laughs> I'm like, there might be a really easy answer to this to this this mystery of why he suddenly comes back all freaking out. <laughs> what if David had a drug problem I didn't know about? <laughs> Or maybe you just take a really big poo like my dog. Yeah, it makes you feel great, and then right? Come back. Yeah, yeah, I would, not like, that I would know because I don't poo. Nothing like it. Yeah, girls don't go to the bathroom. Yeah, but like I'm just imagining that if I did, what it would feel like after. It's sort of like a pressure in your in your. All in right your, now. Your colon area. That's cool. Well, Tara, is there a, a way that people could follow you on social media? You were talking about how you had an account. Um. Yeah, follow. Yeah, you can follow me. That would be cool because I'm gonna start, you know, putting out little bits of my book probably and and other music and weird sh- stuff like that. I mean, so what you are want... your what's your handle? Tara Naomi. T E R R A N A O M I. And Twitter? Are you on Instagram? Yeah. And Facebook? Yeah. Oh, cool. All those things. Sasha, what are we? We are Deep Tissues at Deep Tissues. Where? On Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Is that like how you're at Sasha Gray at all those places? Exactly. How did you know? Because I'm at David Guy Levy at all those places. Amazing. Well, Tara, don't forget to hydrate. I'm going to hydrate like crazy. That sounds so <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Tara. Oh, my God. No, thank you guys so much for having me. I, get I want... the fuck out of here. No, I want to stay. I'm not leaving. So, the next song is about poop. Ew. It's called Everybody Poops. It's inspired by the children's book. Everybody poops sometimes. That's when you know you've run out of song ideas. Or like you I know where I never you, get to that point. You know where you're going to edit out in the show what part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Start talking. That, that's, yeah, totally.